Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. What are you looking at? Oh, the silent majesty of a winter's morn, the clean, cool chill of the holiday air, and an asshole in his bathrobe emptying a chemical toilet into my sewer. It is the holiday season. It is. And um, we're all familiar with these standard Christmas characters. You got your Santa. Sure. You got the elves. Yeah. Reindeer. Uh, yeah. Those are the ones that all the kids love. Ty Webb. Heavy Longmire. Gustav Mateblanc. Is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second? This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato, enlighten me. Ho, 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 and Merry Christmas, friends. It's your old pal, Gustav Monteblanc. As you probably figured out from the title of City of Gustav this week, it is just me on Can You Hear Me, the podcast that's still, I promise you, three guys talking about stuff. It's just we can't get together around these holidays. But I didn't want to let a week slip, and so I threw together this quick little Christmas-themed episode, and I hope you enjoy it. And I want to talk a little bit about odd or maybe strange Christmas traditions, or at least different from what we celebrate in the United States. And I don't want to come across as if I'm being um, overly judgmental or making light of other countries and other regions' Christmas traditions. I mean, after all, I'm from rural Texas, where there's a pretty high chance, if the weather's good, that there may end up being some target shooting going on after the Christmas uh, presents are open, after Christmas dinner, Christmas afternoon. And, you know, on New Year's Day, people will be eating black-eyed peas for good luck. Well, I, I won't, but my family will, I promise you. So, the place where I come from has plenty of oddities and little quirks of their own. But not anything to the level of what I'm going to talk about today. And I don't have anything against any of these traditions. I just find them fascinating and very different from what we see in the United States as far as Christmas goes. Probably the most widely known of these unusual traditions is Krampus, whom some would call the Christmas Devil. Now, Krampus is depicted usually as a tall, dark, hairy, thin demon with horns and a long uh, tongue and maybe a tail and fangs. Very gruesome. And he's usually got one cloven foot and maybe a human foot or a clawed foot on the other, uh, other side. The legend of Krampus is centered primarily in the Alps, in mostly Austria or former parts of the Austrian Empire. So you get him and also find him in Hungary, the Czech Republic, Slovakia, Croatia, Bavaria and Germany, a little bit in northern Italy, Switzerland, places like that. Like many Christmas traditions, Krampus has his roots dating back to pre-Christian pagan traditions. Some folklorists tie Krampus back to the Norse goddess Hel, 
who was the um, daughter of Loki. And in that tradition, Krampus, or something like Krampus, is actually the son of hell. There's also some elements of pagan witchcraft culture associated with Krampus and his accoutrements, such as his use of birch branches and his overall appearance that are similar to a pre-Christian uh, horned god that some of the witches worshipped in Northern Europe. And we don't have an awful lot of good documentation during the Middle Ages about Krampus. So he may have been evolving. He may have just popped up along the way. There were um, in early Christian morality plays that were done for the peasantry and for everybody else, I guess, where there were horned demons and the demon was often used as a representation of Satan or of sin. So there was definitely some things that looked like Krampus going on in the morality plays in early Christian Europe as well. But by the 17th century, Krampus seems to have been established in that area under the Austrian Empire. He's often depicted carrying or wearing a chain, which can be associated with the uh, the chaining of Satan by St. Nicholas and his power over him and the tradition of St. Nicholas there. So that chain is sometimes worn or carried or dragged, but either way, it's a common element. So we start to see this marrying up of a proto-Christian good and evil and a pre-Christian pagan tradition. It's all jumbled up together, and it's kind of hard to break him apart. There are several traditions in Europe involving Santa Claus or St. Nicholas and companions that accompany him on his journeys and his work throughout the world. And Krampus is certainly a primary player in this tradition. But unlike some of the other characters that accompany St. Nicholas in the other parts of Europe, in this case, however, Santa Claus is the good cop, and Krampus gets to play the ultimate bad cop. In the United States, bad children are often threatened with either they're going to get a lump of coal in their stocking, or they won't get anything at all from Santa. I know I was threatened with that a million times as a child. But Krampus takes it up a notch by providing actual birch switches to the parents to beat the bad children. And some traditions, he even wears a big basket on his back that he could pick up a bad child, throw him into, and carry him straight to hell. There's also an alternate tradition where he carries along a big toe sack, basically, where he could stuff bad children into, tie it up, and throw it into an icy river or lake and let the children drown. So that's a lot different than what we've got going on in the United States with Santa Claus and his threats to what may happen or not happen to a bad child. By the 19th century... You know, Krampus was fully entrenched in this area of Austria and the Alpine regions of Europe. And he even had a lot of Krampus-inspired, Krampus-themed greeting cards for the Christmas season that involved him. As time went, the um, earlier depictions of Krampus, very gruesome, very demon-esque, got slowly replaced and softened where he was much less threatening of a character towards the end of the uh, 19th century, but still a major part in the Christmas tradition around Austria. After World War I, the fascists took uh, control of Austria, and they felt that Krampus was a negative aspect to have in the culture, so they actually banned him officially uh, leading up 
the years between you know, 1923 and the start of World War II, when the Austrian and German alliance was solidified by Hitler. And even after World War II, there was pressure amongst the, the, some of the schools to do away with Krampus because of its negative impact, they thought, on the children. Now, later years, it's really had a resurgence in pop culture and in just widespread culture, especially in parts of Austria, where modern revelers now adopt more and more gruesome costumes to wear at parades and carry on some of these old traditions. And, of course, in America, we've got Krampus-themed horror movies and all likes of that sort of thing. So people are trying to get Krampus started as an American tradition as well, but I don't think it's really going to take hold. In Germany, as well as other former parts of the Holy Roman Empire, Santa is known to have another companion helping him out, known as Necht Rupert. The English translation is literally farmhand or servant, Rupert. And he is truly a servant of Santa. Necht Rupert is documented as far back as the 17th century, but he's been around much longer, with some folklorists believing he's rooted in pre-Christian traditions of house spirits, where he was both a, could be a, Benevolent and a malevolent character, mischievous, probably a better term than malevolent, I guess. The Christian tradition, however, has that he's either a servant of St. Nicholas or a wildling that St. Nicholas found and raised. You'll find that Necht Rupert is much less menacing and, in general, less malevolent than Krampus. He's often portrayed as an old bearded man in a brown or dark robe carrying a long staff and a bag of ashes. He's known to ask if a child can pray. If the child says yes, Rupert gives them a treat, but if they say no, he hits them with his bag of ashes. In another tradition, instead of Santa leaving treats in the German children's shoes, Necht Rupert will leave a switch in their shoe for the parents to beat the little miscreants with, which is has a similarity to Krampus there. And that leads us to a much kinder companion of Santa Claus's, but a much more controversial figure in these times that we live in currently. In the low countries of Western Europe, such as Belgium and the Netherlands and Luxembourg, St. Nicholas is often accompanied, actually oftentimes accompanied by a multitude, by a character named Zwart Piet. Now, for one reason or another, the tradition for those countries is that St. Nicholas arrives by boat from Spain at the start of the Christmas season. And when St. Nicholas arrives, he is accompanied by his helper, Zwarte Piet. Now, in English, that translates literally to Black Piet. And Zwarte Piet is a traditionally depicted as a black man of Moorish descent, dressed in brightly colored Renaissance clothing. So you can see maybe where the problem may start to, to build here. There have been some folklorists that try to tie the tradition of Zwarte Piet back to much older origins. His first actual documented appearance is in a Dutch story around 1850. But the tradition took hold and remains strong to the day. So when St. Nicholas arrives in the Low Countries via boat from Spain, he's accompanied by a throng of Zwarte Piet's as he makes his way along the parade routes on his entrance into the cities. The mass of the Zwarte Piet's give away candy and sweets to the children and are truly benevolent helpers of Santa. There's not a hint of Krampus 
or um, rubric where they're dishing out punishment or anything like that. They're just truly, they are truly instruments of joy to the people. Zvarta Pete's colorful costume and distinct characteristics are unmistakable. And therein the problem lies with our modern world. Zvarta Pete is traditionally portrayed by white people going full blackface, wearing big hoop gold earrings and curly black wigs, along with their brightly colored costumes. As post-colonial immigration has changed the demographic makeup of countries such as Belgium and the Netherlands, the increased racial diversity has led to some backlash against Zvarta Pete's appearance. Although those countries in general have had recent surveys where greater than 90% of the population surveyed did not see any problem with Zvarta Pete or any racist element to his portrayal. However, as non-citizens and people looking in from the outside world, international opinion, however, continues to turn against Zvarta Pete and label him as a racist character. To the point where some companies have started to try and make Svartapit less racially charged by altering his appearance, dropping the black face altogether, or changing it to golden face and things like that. So time will tell if the tradition of Svartapit evolves or holds firm. Not all of the interesting Christmas traditions involve Santa Claus or Saint Nicholas. In uh, Catalan, the tradition of Tio de Nadal, or as it's sometimes called Cagatio, is still observed. In English, if we translate it, Tio de Nadal means the Christmas log, which makes me instantly think of the traditional Yule log from Northern Europe, which in itself had pagan traditions. But that's not a correct association. In fact, the alternate name of Caga Tio literally means shit log. And that's where this tradition gets weird. The Tio de Nadal is a hollowed-out log, maybe about a couple of feet long, which each day during the Christmas season is fed, quote-unquote, small bits of candy, typically uh, traditionally a nougat type of candy or almonds and nuts and things like that, or maybe figs in some parts of uh, the region. And then the log is covered with a blanket so it doesn't get cold, and the children take care of this log. Nowadays... Um, the Kaga Tio is often decorated on one end with a face, maybe googly eyes, and jazzed up a bit to make it a little more fun and more personable for the kids. And as they feed it each day, the excitement builds. And on Christmas Day, or in some households Christmas Eve, the Tio de Nadal is ordered to defecate its goodies out for the entire family. What a Christmas tradition. In the old days, the Kaga Tio would have had one end of it actually stuck into the fire to prompt it to start to shit out its goodies. But nowadays, it's just usually softly beaten with a stick as the Tio de Nadal song is sung. Let's take a listen to this version, and I will give you a very rough translation because I promise you don't want to hear me try to sing in Spanish. Cagatio, cagatoro, te vayas do peñón, non cagues arengades, que son más asalades. Cagatoro, que son mespons, cagatio, cagatoro, si no donaré un cop to the best 
So the nutshell of that beautiful song is shit log, shit nuggets. Don't shit sardines. They don't taste very good. If you don't shit well, I'll hit you with a stick. Shit log. How about that? What a Christmas tradition. I played that for my eight-year-old, and she thought it was horrible. And then when I told her what it meant, she thought I was insane. After everybody's lightly beaten the Kagatio with their sticks, sometimes the uh, people get to one by one reach under the blanket and take out a treat, or the whole family just goes ahead and takes the blanket off and shares everything. But the treats are shared amongst everybody. Mmm, defecated log shit. Sounds great. And while we're on Catalonian Christmas traditions, I feel that I would be amiss if I did not mention the El Cagane. That's translated as one who shits, which I think sounds much better in Catalan. While in America, we generally only depict the actual manger in our nativity scene. In Catalan, as well as most of Southern Europe... They often set up a much larger, larger model of the entire city of Bethlehem and the surrounding fields. And for whatever reason, since around the 17th century, Catalans have been slipping El Cagane figures into their nativity scene, somewhere in the larger non-manger area. There isn't a lot of agreement on why the El Cagane took off as a tradition originally. There are a lot of eggheads talking about fertilization of the soil and the peasantry and the creating of a bond between the sacred and the profane and lots of other pseudo-intellectual claptrap. Or in this case, would it be pseudo-intellectual craptrap? Either way, I think it's mainly just because it's funny. And people have liked scatological humor dating back as long as people have been making jokes. So the El Cagane has taken on a life of its own, often seen in both small and large-scale nativities in southern Europe and in Spain, as well as giant El Cagane statues in malls or shopping centers or um, public parks in Barcelona. So it's really a, a major force. Now, the El Cagane is usually <laughs> depicted as a man and wearing... Um, Sometimes traditionally peasant attire, but now I think they actually start to make them and look like known figures. And the person is squatting with his pants down around his ankles. So how about that? It's a little something to add next to the three kings in your nativity scene next year. So that's just a few of the many interesting and humorous Christmas traditions that I've uh, read about over the last few years and maybe if you have some i would love to hear from you if, or even if your own family has an odd tradition i'd love to hear that and we could maybe include those in next year's christmas episode so please send those to can you hear me pod at gmail.com and i look forward to that if you have any now in our own failed attempt at humor we'll replay heavy's christmas poem from 2016 and i will wish you all a merry christmas a happy hanukkah a joyful winter solstice a good kwanzaa or even a happy Festivus, and a merry, joyful new year. So, without further ado, here's America's one and only Heavy Longmire. Uncle Heavy's going to tell you a Christmas story. T'was the night before Christmas, and in the Can You Hear Me garage, Ty was drinking brown drink. We were waiting on Gustav. He said he'd be here by seven, Heavy said with a sigh. Well, at least we have a full bottle of brown drink. Ty said with a buzzed twinkle in his eye. 
We had heard tell of strange doings going on around town, but passed it off as a drifter or a drunk hobo or maybe a killer clown. When out in the street there arose such a clatter, Heavy and Ty ran out the garage to see what was the matter. Away to the driveway, they ran throwing dirt. They stood in the darkness and took off their shirts. <laughs> Show yourself, Heavy yelled into the night. You've done found yourself a 903 fight. The moon high in night sky looked like a mold. They stood there shirtless <laughs> with hard nipples. The winter air was cold. When all of a sudden, what should appear? It was Gustav walking up the street, dragging a deer. I found this some bitch down by the pool. There were seven more, but they ran into the woods. As Gustav drew closer, he slowed his walk. Y'all won't believe this, but this deer can talk. Ty laughed so hard, he spit out his drink. Heavy said, I've heard of this. Let's waterboard it and see what it thinks. <laughs> The deer looked scared as he stumbled to his feet. His captors looked crazy, like they might be from the 903. Let's cut off a hoof, Ty smiled and drunkenly said. Gustav replied, let's teabag him. You know, put our nuts on his head. <laughs> let's see what he knows, Heavy declared, and grabbed a roll of duct tape and tied him to a chair. Wait a minute, the deer began to cry. I'm one of you said the deer with a tear in his eye. I was sent by my boss to find out y'all's ways. I've been programmed to spy by night and by day. Gustav yelled, A spy! A spy! Who is this boy? It's not one, it's two. The brothers Saroy. <laughs> Damn it! Heavy screamed and started to cussin'. They're not really Lithuanian. I knew it. They're goddamn Russians. <laughs> Calm down, Heavy, said Ty as he took control so cool. We need to kill him right now and make him into a stew. When all of a sudden, not to be stifled, Gustav re reached into his pants and pulled out a phallic-shaped assault rifle. Obviously. Heavy and Ty looked on in dismay as Gustav said, I'm sorry, but it has to be this way. The deer it did bellow, the stone it was cast, the carnage that ensued was truly a gas. With fear of his cover blown, Gustav processed the carcass and wrapped it all up in one pound vacuum sealed packages marked for us. They recorded their show like nothing had happened, with jokes and witticisms and lots of knee-slapping. They looked at each other with an approving nod, and as they signed off, said Merry Christmas from the Can You Hear Me pod. Now, while we're on the continent, which figure is essential to the Christmas crib in Catalonia? Is it Barry Norman? One of those wild stabs in the dark, and I would so love to say, how amazing, you're right, no. but you're not. Is it a figure that we don't get in ours? It's then? a figure we don't get in our cribs. In the back of a Catalonian crib, there is always a man squatting and defecating, or a young boy, <laughs> and very often a public figure. In the, in the middle, yes. by the manger, with it's baby weird, Jesus. But it's true. It could be Barry Norman. It could it? be Barry Norman. <laughs> It's so unlikely. They've had George W. Bush and they've had David Beckham. They have the crapper. He's called the Kagane. 
The caca, caca is crap. In Catalonian, as it is in many other languages. Every crib has to have... Yeah, a true Catalonian crib will. Yeah, I know you're thinking I'm making this up. They are a very scatological people, the Catalonians. They call their Christmas log the cagatio, the shit log. <laughs> and, and there's a popular Catalan phrase. Before eating, they say, men jabe, cagafort. Eat well, shit hard. <laughs> You've got the Catalan colours. I wear Catalan colours, yeah. aren't I? But I'm not okay. squirting out turds as I speak. <laughs> Shit hard, fried. Shit, Shit hard. hard. <laughs> and world-class championship wrestling. I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Sally. Good night from Dallas, Texas. <laughs>